The Lord be with you. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to Luke. There was a scholar of the law who stood up to test Jesus and said, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? He said in reply, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. He replied to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But because he wished to justify himself, he said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man fell victim to robbers as he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. They stripped him and beat him and went off, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that road, but when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite came to the place, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan traveler who came upon him was moved with compassion at the sight. He approached the victim, poured oil and wine over his wounds, and bandaged him. Then he lifted him up on his own animal, took him to an inn, and cared for him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave take care of him. If you spend more than what I have given you, I shall repay you on my way back. Which of these three, in your own opinion, was neighbor to the robber's victim? He answered, the one who treated him with mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, first of all, good morning. It's really good to see everybody here. This is a wonderful community. It really uplifts my spirit uh, to see all of you. And uh, I think we have a good message today. So for the last two and a half years, I've been preaching on the second reading. Uh, Last week, we finished reading the letter of St. Paul to the Galatians. And one of the things I challenged us was to make sure that we know those letters that God send us, that has sent us, and how sad it would be if you were to get to heaven and God's like, hey, did you read those letters I sent you? And you're like, "Mm, not familiar with them. And so ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ, and we want to get out of that ignorance. So I'm going to talk about our second reading today, the letter to the Colossians, so that let's say you get up to heaven and St. Peter says, hey, okay, we've got an exam here to get into heaven. What does the Colossians say? Well, you can at least say something if you remember this homily. Now, an idea came to me as I was sitting there listening to the readings, and I hope this goes over okay. One of the things that I get on my phone every week is how often I use my phone throughout the day. And I'm just going to lowball it four hours a day, maybe. Um, I, think, I think the numbers are skewed because I also use my phone for work. And Okay, but let's say it's four hours of social media and reading and uh, reading about news and all those things. I was like, well, how often do I spend on my phone a year if I'm lowballing it four hours a day? And 
don't know, does anybody get that notification they're above four hours? Well, that means that 12,000 hours a year, I'm on my phone reading news and history, philosophy, a lot of things. And I want to say, well, how much did I read scripture this past week? Now, I get a pass, right? I, I celebrate the Mass in the morning, I've been working on scripture, preparing this homily, working on a theology dissertation, but ask yourself, outside of Mass, did you read the Bible or read sacred scripture? Because we just proclaimed in the responsorial psalm, your words are spirit and life. Do I really believe that? Do I put it into practice? And it's like, well, okay, I spend 12,000 hours reading other things on my phone, and I gave God 52 hours. Okay, throw in Christmas there, 53 hours in a year. And it's like, whoa, wait, that's quite an imbalance. On the one hand, I say, your words are spirit and life. They tell me how to get to heaven. But the majority of my time and effort, I'm doing the things of the world. And they're very entertaining. I don't say that they're bad at all. I'm looking forward to seeing Thor this week. I'm going to spend three hours watching a great movie, I hope. I think one of my favorite movies is Thor Ragnarok. I, I say that openly and enjoy the things of this, of this world. I, I don't know. I, I didn't know what Immigrant Song of Led Zeppelin was, but it's on my playlist now. <laughs> I know this is being recorded, but it's okay. So it's like, okay, well, how do we give that attention then to the Word of God and, and have that influence our life? So the letter to the Colossians, St. Paul is writing to a community in Turkey, and they had a problem. The problem was there were people who were saying that the gospel of Jesus, that Jesus Christ wasn't enough. That in addition to Christianity, you had to know philosophy and um, kind of like the cosmic powers of the universe. So I guess in Thor, spoiler alert, there's the, the eternity figure. And so you have to know the cosmic forces of the universe, especially to be saved. And that was a very, very dangerous idea. Now, we also kind of have that in our own day. It's like, okay, do I have to practice yoga, know the sayings of the Buddha? Is that in addition to Christianity? Is that something that can be attractive? And I can say, is Jesus enough? And what St. Paul in this letter is going to say is, yes, Jesus is sufficient. Jesus is the Lord of the cosmos. He's the image of the eternal Father. And so we just read a wonderful, wonderful hymn. And so St. Paul is going to put us on guard against the temptation to think that Jesus is not enough. Now, in the gospel, we have the message of Jesus today. It's a very simple message, but it's an important message. It's the message of love, and the love even of your enemies. When the Samaritan sees the man on the side of the road, that's one of his enemies. The Jewish people and the Samaritans, they were at odds with each other. They were in conflict. And not only does he take the man to an inn to be cured, and he gives his own money to be cured. He cares for his wounds with oil and wine. While there were others, a priest and a Levite, a deacon, okay, so a deacon and a priest, they just pass by. They don't want to get contaminated with the dead man or the man that was dying there, come into contact with the body. They had other things to do. They were indifferent to that man's needs. And so we need to learn that lesson of love. Jesus truly is the Good Samaritan. He's the one who heals us, who takes us when we're broken, takes us when we're half dead because of sin, and heals us. 
those two images of the oil and the wine, on the one hand, you can read it as the sacraments of the church. Many of the sacraments use oil. And so when we're baptized, I'm going to do a baptism this afternoon. When you're baptized, you're freed from original sin. You're introduced into the very life of God. When you receive the sacrament of confirmation, you're given the Holy Spirit to guide you throughout this world. When you're ordained, a person, when they're ordained a priest or a deacon, um, especially a priest and a bishop, they're anointed with oil. And so the oil represents some of the sacraments of the church and the wine represents the Eucharist. But it just came to me, I think there's another way to think about it, and this can apply to our own homes. Oil is often used to heal, and wine is oftentimes used for joy. So when you have a party, what are you going to drink? And I think our families need both of those. There are times when we need healing in our family, and we need to be the one who uses that balm, that oil that heals the division, that heals the conflict. Sometimes it's a matter of better communication. Sometimes it's a matter of being less selfish. So the kids today, you know, if you're going to set the table, clear the table, do the dishes, help mom and dad with the kitchen, clean up the pillows on the, the sofa, that's you doing something for someone else. It's you being generous. But then also we need to be agents, so to speak, of joy. We need to communicate that joy of love. In fact, joy is the fruit of love. And so the rabbi said, if there is no wine, there is no joy. If there is wine, there is joy. And it's not just the wine itself, but it's that idea of caring for others, being there, and creating that joyful environment based on love. And so let us renew then our desire to feed ourselves on God's word. Your words are spirit and life. Let us flee that ignorance of scripture. Let us read those letters, those, the gospel message that, she, that God has given us, because that truly is the way that leads to eternal life.